Now it's clear that Jesus wanted his people to grow and mature in faith. Those who don't move beyond the basics, tasting the gifts and powers of the new creation, partaking in the Spirit and the Word of God, and then fall away, bring shame to Jesus and produce nothing but briars and brambles. There is no stagnant life in the kingdom. Either you grow and produce a blessing, or you languish and descend into a curse. Be warned. Well, hello everyone. I'm Neil Parks, and welcome to Fill the Lamp. So last time out, we spent some time on the subject of lethargy and indecisive faith. Now, I don't hear a lot of messages coming from Hebrews chapter 6, but I feel that the subject of growing and maturity in the Lord is at the top of the list of needs as followers of Christ. The immature Christian witness to the world is a subject that I personally can say, keeps the unbelieving world away from Christ. Now, in my life, before I surrendered to Christ, I had many people profess faith in God, but their witnesses to me wasn't any different of a lifestyle than the life I was living. The only thing they did different was attend a meeting on Sundays. So with that said, the writer of Hebrews is beseeching the first century church to pick it up and seek a closer relationship of intimacy with the Lord, if in fact they are truly surrendered to Christ. The amazing thing about this situation at that time is it is so reminiscent 2,000 years later in the church today. That, my friends, is what is so wonderful about God's Word. It's the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. So Hebrews was written for us in 2023. Acts chapter 7 as one of my most favorite scripture stories about Stephen, a young disciple of Christ, whose surrender to the Lord, I feel, sets the example for the calling for all Christians. Now, Stephen preaches the longest message in the New Testament. According to Stephen, those who reject Jesus are following the same path as the people who rejected Moses and then followed idols. Such a strong message strikes a nerve, and Stephen becomes the first martyr of the church because of it. So in Acts chapter 7, verse 54, it says, Upon hearing this, his... Stephen's audience could contain themselves no longer. 
They boiled with fury at Stephen. They clenched their jaws and ground their teeth. But Stephen was filled with the Holy Spirit. He was gazing upward into heaven. He saw something they couldn't see, the glory of God, and Jesus standing at the right hand of of God. Stephen, he looked, and he says, I see the heavens opening. I see the Son of Man standing at the right hand of God. At this, they covered their ears and started shouting. The whole crowd rushed at Stephen, converged on him, dragged him out of the city and stoned him. And they laid their coats at the feet of a young man named Saul while they were pelting Stephen with rocks. So Stephen says, as the rocks fell upon him, Lord Jesus, receive my spirit. Then he knelt in prayer, shouting at the top of his lungs. And he said, Lord, do not hold this evil against them. So those were his final words. Then he fell asleep in death. My friends, so you're probably wondering why I bring this wonderful witness story up. Well, this to me is the example that the church needs to mimic and grow spiritually. The writer of Hebrews in chapter 6 has identified the childish behavior and lack of spiritual growth and maturity in the church at that time was obvious. I love the way the message translation paraphrases it in chapter 6 of Hebrews, verses 1 through 3. It says, so come on, let's leave the preschool finger-painting exercises on Christ and get on with the grand work of, of art. Grow up in Christ. The basic foundational truths are in place. Turning your back on salvation by self-help and turning in trust toward God. Baptismal instructions, laying on of hands, resurrection of the dead, and eternal judgment. And God helping us. We'll stay true to all of that, but there's so much more. Let's get on with it. I want to read First Chronicles verse 28, verses 9 and 10. This is David, and he's talking to to Solomon. He says, For the Lord searches all hearts and understands all the intent of the thoughts. If you seek him, he will be found by you. But if you forsake or leave him, he will cast you off forever. And verse 10 says, Consider now, for the Lord has chosen you to build a house. This is so powerful. To build a house for the sanctuary. Be strong and do it. Now, my listeners, God knows every thought you think. 
He just told Solomon in this scripture to make sure that he, Solomon, understands that if you don't seek him, the Lord, and bypass and leave him out of the mix, he will leave you forever. So now, with that said, in verse 10, he, David, told Solomon also that he, Solomon, was to build the temple. Well, guess what? Folks, just grab a hold of this. The New Testament church is the temple. We are the temple. We must die to self, grow and mature this temple so that Jesus Christ can dwell and inhabit us to use these vessels as he chooses. We are visitors on this planet to be used. I like what Luke 9.24 says. He explains it as an honor in obedience. If you try to avoid danger and risk, then you'll lose everything. If you let go of your life and risk all for my sake, Jesus speaking, then your life will be rescued, healed, and made whole and full. The Word of God says that we know one another by the fruit we bear. Look how Luke, in chapter 3, verse 8, puts it. It says, Therefore produce fruit that is worthy of and consistent with your repentance. That is, live changed lives, turn from sin, and seek God and his righteousness. And do not even begin to say to yourselves as a defense, We have Abraham for our father, and so our, as a defense, heritage assures us of salvation. For I say to you that from these stones God is able to raise up children or descendants for Abraham, for God can replace the unrepented, regardless of their heritage, with those who are obedient. I say, let's pray. Father God, we just lift you up right now, this very moment in our lives. These lives are but a millisecond that we have here on earth. Lord, I lift up all of my listeners right now, wherever they're at. Lord Jesus, that we would seek you with all of our hearts, that we would want more of you daily, that we would grow spiritually. Father God, this is what you want, is the gaze of the bride, seeking you with all of her heart. So Father God, I pray right now that we understand that we've been put here as people to worship you, but we also are the temple that you live and dwell in on earth because of you living in us. Father God, so we just come before you humbly. We come, Father God, wanting more of you. And we thank you, Father God, that you are right here encouraging us 
every second, every breath that we take, every beat of our heart. Father God, we just thank you and love you and praise you. And we do it all in Jesus' precious, precious name. Amen and amen. Well, my friends, it's always great to have you with me. And until next time, God bless each and every one of you. I'm Neil Parks.